Hello everybody, welcome to PR Oddcast. This is a February edition, just I think, although it may be March by the time it goes out. Um, we're Sidekick PR, I'm Kirsty. I'm Charlotte. And I'm Eve. And today we've got our very first guest. Ooh. We're welcoming Caroline from Imbue Marketing. Hi everyone. Out there, yeah. Um, Caroline, do you want to just give us a bit of an overview about Imbue Marketing and what you do and how you do it? Absolutely, yes I can. Um, so Inview Marketing is um, a marketing consultancy that I set up literally 12 months ago actually. So um, it's relatively new. I've been working in marketing for a lot of years, probably more than I'd like to say. Um, <laughs> and um, so I set up uh, my consultancy after I had my daughter. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, in the first 12 months it's been, it's been going really, really well. I've got some extremely exciting clients. So I tend to focus on um, B2B marketing um, with most of my clients and the kinds of things that I tend to be doing are email marketing, helping with websites, so um, improving SEO, improving customer journey on websites. Um, I also support in terms of things like social media and general marketing strategy. Um, the other arm to the business is marketing training, so I run workshops and training courses. Um, at the moment, those tend to focus on the conference and event venues industry, which is really exciting. Great. And then, so today we're going to look at marketing and PR and how the, the two work together. Um, this is an area that gets a lot of, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of, debate and discussion yeah. over the years. And I think as, as um, all three of us working in the PR industry, there's been maybe some misconceptions around how the two work together, what they are. Um, so we thought that was a good topic to look at today and who better to join us for it but Caroline. So Caroline, as a marketing professional who's worked in the industry for so long, what is your perception of PR? Do you know, it's it's funny, I feel like it's changed so much. Um, if I think back to when I first started out, I was working very much in the kind of travel and transport industry. And PR and, and its role in the marketing mix at the time um, was, I guess it was defined by three areas for me. And, you know, this, this may well have been wrong, but this is what my perception was back then, that it was either about keeping a flow of positive stories out there. So kind of the news side of it. Um, and then there was the kind of flip side of that, which is keeping the bad stuff out. Um, so the kind of crisis side and mitigating negative messages. And as I say, I was in kind of travel and transport. So this was to do with, you know, accidents and things like that. So um, it was quite it was quite a heavy focus of, 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 you know, what the PR activity was. And then the kind of final bit um, was, you know, a bit of a unicorn. It was the promotional piece. Um, and um, and I guess that at the time, and the reason I say it's a bit of a unicorn, is that as a marketeer, there's this, there's this one thing that we have to really get our heads around, which is the magic word newsworthy. Um, uh, uh, you know, from a marketing perspective, we're all about pushing uh, commercial messages, essentially, or certainly were back. And, um, and actually, a lot of it was, you know, how do we turn that into something that's newsworthy, something that is actually going to get media coverage? And um, so, yeah, I, I guess those were the three areas that it used to focus on. But actually, I mean, it's just an entirely different ball game now. Um, and the the kind of lines of demarcation, if you like, between content marketing, social media, PR, um, and other areas of marketing, have, they've kind of blurred so much that actually uh, to say is PR part of the marketing mix or you know are these two things um interdependent is it is like 
you know what the debate is now i mean the um we consume media in so many different ways now that gaining our you know information has changed so it's you know social media bloggers influencers um, and information flows so much more freely and so the task of what a pr does now is so much more complicated um i guess you'd probably agree with that um but i think um ultimately I think that, you know, my perception of PR now is actually, you know, how PR and marketing can work together um, in order to maximise how you, you manage things like reputation, how you manage things like getting your, your stories out there. And because it's so much about storytelling, um, you know, we, we, we can't define it by how many pieces of coverage we've got. That's not what PR is all about anymore. It's about that ongoing conversation rather than a moment in time. I think I think you hit on some really good points there, Caroline. I think particularly around the, the news side of things. And um, I think not just within our industry and marketing, I think within the wider business world, there's often a kind of a misconception that PR is, you know, the almost advertising and that where really it all has to have a news value and that's what it's all built on really would you yeah. agree with that yeah definitely um i think the storytelling part that caroline mentioned there is absolutely essential and it's but within that is the subtlety of the storytelling where i think with the marketing and that kind of hard sell the commercial aspect is what kind of for me is the main difference between the two but i think it was really interesting what caroline was saying there about how in her um thoughts around PR being part of the marketing mix where for me it was always marketing being part, part of, of the, the PR mix the I, PR umbrella bit, yeah <laughs> I, I was I was thinking that I thought it depends what you lead on doesn't it what it area does. you're in whether you think that marketing yeah. fits under your PR umbrella yeah. or, or PR is part of the marketing mix yeah it's funny it's because there was there was always you know um as I say the kind of example I was giving when I was working in in travel um there was always an overarching commercial plan which incorporated things like the kind of price promotion elements and then the marketing of how you're getting that message out there and PR was always in that plan so um, we were all part of the commercial mix effectively and marketing and PR and and, and you know that is and, and, and should still be the case really but I guess it's just more complicated now because we all write content we all create you know messages and push them out there in various ways and so those the the, the kind of role of, of PR and marketing can start to blur a little bit you know and and, and who does what becomes a it used to be I used to think it was it was very much defined and, and and you guys just mentioned this but it was kind of defined by the stuff you pay for and the stuff you don't yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah. you know it was it was marketing had a budget and pr didn't, didn't. yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> And, um, and and it was a sort of, you know, right, this is what we're doing. How can you get that out in the news for free? Yeah. And, and I think that that's where actually I don't think those discussions happen anymore. I mean, I might I might be wrong. But, Hopefully you know, not. That, yeah, yeah, certainly where I sit, you know, um, that's not the discussion anymore. It's, it, it's much more about, you know, these are the channels. How do we maximise the channels? What content do we need to, you know, maximise that and to find our audience and to be part of their their customer journey? Um, so um, yeah, hopefully that discussion has changed. But yeah, you're right. It's it's um, it's funny, isn't it, where it sits in the mix? But I think if we if we look at it as all part of the commercial mix, that's probably yeah. an easier way, isn't it? And that's the thing. I think there's a there's a big difference in the way that marketeers 
speak about business and the way that PR articulates itself. And I think there's a massive opportunity for PR to be using the right language, yes. to be talking the business language rather than the PR language, to actually make a massive difference in terms of the impact in, within the business yeah. and the, the reputation of PR. And I think marketeers have been able to be a lot, been able in the past to have been a bit a lot clearer about what they do, what they deliver. It's a lot, people understand it more than they do with PR. Yeah. So I think there's always this kind of like, almost the profession's undermined a little bit by this kind of the question marks about well, what is it actually that you do yeah. and I don't feel marketing has had that as much because no. it's a bit more obvious. Well I guess would you say it's a fair statement Caroline to say that kind of typically marketing has had when it comes to results there's often more it's easier, easier to show, I don't want to use the word easier no. but in terms of demonstrating results you can demonstrate return on investment easier than you can with PR it's definitely more measurable. I, I yeah, think, I think I particularly <laughs> digital marketing, traditional marketing still isn't very measurable, you know, and, and we, we try all sorts of things, you know, QR codes, tracking visits to websites and whatnot, but taking an offline journey and understanding um, you know what what has resulted from that is still very, very difficult. Whereas anything you do in the digital space should be measurable and can be measurable pretty much. Um, so, yeah, it, I think in those terms, I mean, gone are the days of equivalent media values and things, aren't they, for, yeah. <laughs> for PR? So, yeah, it, I think, I think, I mean, it's, it's one of the biggest challenges anyway that we all face um, in, in any part of the business where, you know, you're spending money, um, you know, talking about ROI and measuring your results and understanding what that effort that you're putting in is actually you know, returning for you is is a is a big old challenge. But yes, I think I think generally speaking, digital marketing is very measurable. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, Caroline. I think that digital's really blurred the divide between marketing and PR. Yeah. It's the area that we both now work in, and it's really blurred those definitions. I I've always seen so many. PR and marketing director jobs and in the past I've always said how can you do that you're either one or the other and at a conference about a year ago I was saying that somebody who did a PR and marketing job and she said to me you need to stop saying that because we, we have our foot in kind of both camps and we do know a lot about what what the other industry does even if we don't realize it mm. and I think I think it goes back to that um point about mix <laughs> about yeah. where things sit doesn't it because equally one of my um previous roles was in retail and and i was responsible for bringing together the offline and online um areas of the business that had previously sat separately and so incorporating that we had all of the advertising we had pr and then we had the digital marketing piece it wasn't necessarily digital retail so the commerce but it was the um the the online advertising and it was probably one of my biggest challenges in my career today because people felt really uncomfortable about suddenly that all sitting in one place because everybody feels very much that they're individual roles within that are very very different you know very very different um but i do i do think that it's it's converging so much now um we're all we're all after the same thing so as a, a marketer doing content marketing you're trying to write something that's interesting that somebody else is going to talk about and share um and that is exactly what you guys are doing so it's almost like where does this sit now <laughs> yeah yeah 
So what, what would you say are the main challenges that are facing the marketing industry at present? We've touched on a few there. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good if we kind of summarised them and yeah, I think I mean we talked about we talked about measurement, didn't we? But um, I think that it the the biggest challenges currently boil down to understanding customer behaviour. I think that impacts both of our roles. Um, you know how technology, how social media, uh, you know this, this kind of social media bubble that we live in, um, how that is changing customer behavior and how we make our decisions um, I, I, I know that most of my clients are striving for better understanding of that of that journey and wanting to know what can you get from your analytics what can you learn from how people interact with you in in the various spaces you know social media on your website through your emails etc etc um, and so I think you know finding ways of better tracking that behavior and not just having lots of data but being able to pull useful insight from that data and improve you know optimize and iterate our strategies based on that um, I think is what everybody is currently is currently after is that is that the same for 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 your clients and what you're doing I think so I think that's I suppose a little bit where I see the differences in what we do between marketing because obviously with marketing your audience is the consumer and the end user whereas I I always think with PR the responsibility is every stakeholder isn't it so while Mm -hmm. yes the clients are very much wanting to understand the custom consumer and customer behavior and journey we've also then we're looking at internal audiences we're looking at other stakeholder groups not just necessarily yeah. it's interested parties and it? it's not just necessarily somebody that's going to buy yeah. the product or use the service so it, it is a part of that but it, it's interesting what you said about the data i think people are getting much smarter at collecting the data but a lot of organizations have still not got savvy at actually evaluating it and using it and actually changing their behavior because you can sometimes look at stats and think, well, clearly that's not worked or clearly this has worked. But then you don't see that they've changed behaviours on the back of those results. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes that's just because it, it, people don't necessarily know how. Um, I, I think it, it can be quite difficult to interpret results, especially because we can look at a set of stats um, in, in one way and not necessarily taking a broader context. And so the whole thing's a bit of a minefield because you need to be able to not look at one thing in isolation and make a decision on it. You need to look at the whole picture. Um, but yeah, I think I think we're probably all guilty of potentially knowing that that might not be working, but not knowing how to go about fixing it. Yeah. And I do see one of the ways my role's changed over the years is becoming that kind of detective. <laughs> what, what does this mean? I've just done a lovely project for another client that involved doing a, an effectiveness review of their marketing. And um, and I did feel like a detective. There were all sorts of things that were being thrown up in the data um, that actually at the end of it, we came up with some really solid recommendations that we hope will make a big difference. And, and it was just about looking at all of these different pieces of data um, in a sensible way and finding the insight from it. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that whole data piece is is, is, a, is a, a big challenge at the moment. Yeah, um, I, th- I think again, across both of the sectors that we work in, I think that kind of education element has become bigger and bigger and having to work with clients to kind of talk them through this. And particularly maybe on the PR side, that it's not always about media coverage or, a, you know, <coughs> getting something in the local paper or something. Sometimes it can have more effect, more impact if it's, you know, on social media or it's a web video or that kind of thing. Um, so I think from from my perspective anyway, that's been a, quite a big 
learning curve to take some clients yeah. well through. i think it's about the audience isn't it and i don't think yes. everyone had kind of been really appreciated that it's there's no point putting something in the local paper if nobody who is involved in your organization reads the local paper so it's kind of been trying to kind of con almost convince people i mean i know that sounds a bit harsh but to really think about where their audience groups are and the best channels to use to target them and that kind of comes back to what you were saying about pr and the different the numerous different audiences yeah. involved um not just that end user i think another thing for the pr industry one of their one of our biggest challenges is about and we have this discussion all the time is about representation at board level yeah. which i don't think again many organizations as many as many as they should of organizations kind of um have that belief that a pr person should be around that board table is that something in marketing that you see, Caroline, or do you it think it's... It definitely was. Um, it, I wouldn't say it is so much now because of the the link with e-commerce, the link with um, the, the digital side and how measurable that is. It means that marketing isn't necessarily just seen as a cost that you can't measure the return on. There's so much of it now that is measurable that you've got a place around that table because you're bringing in revenue that you can you can pinpoint as being delivered by that digital marketing activity. I think the harder bit is that there is um, it, it, I guess the word marketing for some still conjures up this idea of advertising and promotion and pushing messages to people um, and actually a, a much bigger part of what I'm doing um, is 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 very much softer it's it's creating content that is useful to the audience that you're trying to appeal to but it might not mention your product or service at all it might be about you know, being positioned as an expert in what it is that you do. It might be about making comment on things that are topical for your audience. And it's just about raising awareness. Um, and and that softer stuff, that kind of, you know, you're investing a lot of time in that, but it might not Im immediately pay back. And that's the that's the piece that and that's I think exactly that's where we, the yeah. line's blurred, isn't it? it exactly. Is. And I think that's how marketing kind of sums up really how marketing's adapted. Yes and perhaps crossed over the line a little bit into PR. But likewise, I think your point about it being the digital area that's yeah. really kick-started all that yeah. um, is quite, quite but important. But that softer stuff is the hardest stuff to measure, isn't it? Because like it you is. said, the marketing, you can equate it to the direct revenue, can't you? Whereas how do you do that with a positive reputation that you've taken three years to build up? Or it, yeah. it, it's so difficult. Yeah. But I guess this is where the collaboration then comes in and PR and marketing working alongside each other to you know share results work from the same strategy yeah um or as you said earlier all going for the same end goal really absolutely yeah and it's, it is that kind of having an eye on 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 what that commercial goal is because i think that more and more now i don't see commercial goals in people's plans as purely being the numbers i think that commercially people want to make sure that they are a a well-known, well-respected, you know, strong reputation business slash brand, um, and I do think that's starting to to appear in people's thinking more, which is helpful, but it still doesn't mean that it's easy to measure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how do you think that PR and marketing teams can perhaps work a bit better together than to benefit their clients? I know we've worked with you for a number of years, and I think it works well. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> um, are there any ways that you would suggest that perhaps any PR people out there, marketing people listening, could work together to get better results? Um, 
I, I guess without wanting to, you know, sound flippant, I think I think there needs to be no land grab, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, this is mine, that's yours. You can do something, I'll do my thing. I think we need to kind of ban silos in that respect. Um, social media, you know, content and, and um, you know, PR in terms of the, the, the media and coverage side. It's so very tightly knit now that the, the thing that I think works really well um, when, Kirsty when you and I sit down and talk I, I always feel like I maybe come to it with a bit of an objective or a, an idea of um, what it is that I want to achieve and then I need your brain to turn that into <laughs> something that's actually going to be interesting and generate some buzz I think that I, I have a very my brain works in the kind of commercial marketing message sense and then your brain works very differently and so you take whatever it is that I'm articulating and turn that into something that is going to be you know more interesting in terms of being picked up by media or or getting some buzz in social um and i and i think that it's it's basically about forgetting this you know what's your role what's my role and understanding how if we've both got the same objective we can turn that into something that is going to tick lots of boxes you know in, in across the across the different channels and um and areas I think one of the other, sorry, I just, my mind was just wearing then as we're talking. Sorry. One of the other things that um, I find interesting and it'd be, it'd be good to know from a marketing point of view, how you feel about it is from a PR point of view, when an organisation has a crisis, that's when I feel that PR comes into its own and that the organisation can see a real benefit from having PR professionals on board because they can help na navigate them through the crisis and protect the reputation, etc. Where does marketing fit into that when there's a crisis situation? Have you had any experience of, of anything like that? I, I have, unfortunately, quite a lot over the years in, in, in varying sort of ways. And I think you're absolutely right. I think that people suddenly see that 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 value when when it comes to crisis pr because everybody is suddenly very aware of your reputation and how fragile it can be and um, and i think while you're building it and it's all very positive everybody's you know kind of thinking right okay so don't really know you know what we're doing but this is good yes. and then as soon as as soon as you've got a crisis situation everybody suddenly is so very aware of that 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 fragility um I think the the role that marketing plays in it goes back to our earlier conversation about confusion because I think at, at the moment, um, I, I mean, in my previous role, we, we built a new kind of crisis plan and it was to try and define who those key stakeholders are that need to be involved in, in the crisis situation and who takes responsibility for what. And I do think it will vary by business. Um, if you've got social media agencies, then you need their skills and, and to, to look at social listening to understand what's being said. Um, you need the, the marketing side to help to kind of do that crafting of the message, um, working with the um, PR agency. I, I, I think there's the kind of decisions about is there advertising out there that now needs to come down or needs to be stopped because it's inappropriate in light of a crisis. There's all sorts of yes. considerations. Um, and so I think that it varies by business. But one thing I would say is that if you are a, a business that doesn't necessarily have a plan for crisis and doesn't know whose role it is and who's on the end of the phone when when something goes wrong, um, then, you know, it's worth putting one in place. 
definitely. We we working with a lot of our clients, not only on having them have the plans in place, but making sure that they test them annually as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of organisations might get the plan in place and think, oh, that's fantastic. I've ticked that box. I've got a plan, but they don't actually test it. And it's only by testing it and coming up with scenarios that might happen that they can actually see where there's flaws in it or holes in it yeah. and, and improve it. Yeah. Just picking up on a point there, I mean, I know you're you obviously an agency yourself now, Caroline, but from your previous experience, have you got any thoughts about working with external PR agencies compared to having in-house PR professionals? Any differences in that, um, just from your experience? Um, well, actually, I would say that in most of the roles that I've held, we've had both. So there's been somebody responsible internally for PR who has engaged an agency for specialist support and in order to help kind of broaden the net and have you know greater relationships broader relationships with different influencers um, and, and media so I, I would say that for the most part it's been working with both internal and external PR support and um, I think I think I think it's a good thing to have somebody internally that understands PR because you talked about education and about people understanding what um, PR is all about and what value it brings um, and especially some of the softer harder to measure pieces I think that's about having somebody that's an advocate for PR in the business and I don't think uh, as an external company it's not always that easy to 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 kind of bring those conversations about and to make sure that that's a message that's being carried through the business. Yeah, I think I agree with that. It's it's always good to have somebody kind of fighting your corner as an agency yeah, within the business. It was interesting when you were speaking to someone yesterday, weren't you? They were saying that, um, that their role it takes on a PR comms yes. role as part of their kind of day-to-day work. So it still happens where there isn't that. Mm-hmm. In reasonably big organisations, yes. they don't have the dedicated person to, to fight that corner. It's kind of fitted into yes. the job. I was just quite surprised. But yeah, I was I know as well. it, it does happen. It does. Um, and if so. you used to find it in the NHS, I don't know if it still happens now, but many years ago where you'd speak to communicators in the NHS and it was often somebody that had worked there many years as a nurse and had then kind of just <laughs> fallen into the <laughs> yeah. role. And, yeah. yeah, it was interesting yesterday, quite a big organisation, somebody that doesn't hasn't got any comms background, but their, their comms lies within their responsibility. I think it's changing, but it, yeah. it, it was just kind of a reminder that's still where sometimes the industry kind of is still. Um, there's still room for improvement, really. <laughs> It's a good job that it's a podcast and not a video cast because I was looking at you really confused and thinking, what's she, ta- what's <laughs> she talking, talking about? about? <laughs> Who was I talking to yesterday? But then my memory's not great. So it's come back to me now. <laughs> I think that the, the thing about not working in silos is so important because every, every time I've worked with them, some big organisations in the past and it's just been such a them and us kind yeah. of attitude. Um, and it just isn't And then I, I think sometimes with the social media as well, it's just had an extra silo in there rather mm. than social media either being with marketing or being with PR it's been an extra silo in itself yeah yeah I think actually one of my points I've made a note of and didn't say was about this idea that um marketing maybe hasn't in the past considered the needs of PR so um we're the ones with a bit of budget and you guys maybe don't have as much budget and now more than ever you need graphics and videos and content and photography in order to do what you do and I think that maybe there's a need for consideration for a marketer to um, you know 
provide for that, you know, where, where we maybe haven't in the past. I think that's actually, you saying that has made me think sometimes that's probably where that PR and marketing director or marketing and PR director role might work. really work yeah. because yeah. it's somebody that's been given the budget yeah. but also has the communications under straight directly under their yeah. banner and yeah. can see the need for that. Because I really did get told off by this lady. She um, She's the president of the CIPR at the minute, Emma Leach. And I'd said, oh, I, I never get it. I don't understand why they shoehorn the two posts together. You're either one or the other. And she was like, you you really need to look, stop saying that because you could go and do that. You could go and do a marketing NPR yeah. director's role because you just might be stronger on one one than the other, but you do actually yeah. understand the needs. But again, that just proves we're all on a learning curve. There aren't are. any clear answers. We're not going to come away from this and say, this is definitely what you do, what we yeah. do. It is, but it is just trying to work together better and opening our minds. Yeah. And there's a lot more crossover than I thought, actually, there just is. from listening to you, Caroline, this morning. It's made me kind of think, oh, gosh, there are, those lines are properly blurred, aren't they? They really are. They really are. <laughs> Well, I think that's been really interesting. I think it's raised some really, really good points. Um, I think it'd be nice if we maybe did a, a blog piece as well to accompany it for yeah. the website. Yeah. So look out for that. Um, and thank you for your time, Caroline. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank no you for problem. being our first guest. Yes, thank you. Yes. How exciting. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>